and hello and welcome to this episode of Haunted Histories with yours truly Penny Griffiths Morgan. Now I'm talking about something on this episode that I don't know anything about. I really don't. <laughs> and my guests are laughing at me. They are laughing at I, I have I have literally crammed the research in so I don't look a complete and utter idiot because these two guys are very accomplished in this field. And I know those of you who are UFO and alien experts or whatever the technical term is, you know an awful lot of stuff. And I thought I would dig into it because everything has a history, including sightings of extraterrestrials, visitors from other planets, star people, whatever you want to call them. So I thought I would call on two good friends of mine who I met earlier this year at the Festival of the Unexplained, which, oh, by the way, I'm appearing at again next year. Ha <laughs> um, Doing another history talk there. So come and get your tickets if you can. Although I think there's only a couple left that'll cover my talk, but it's going to be a good time anyway. Um, it's the gorgeous Kinsella Brothers. Hello, Hello, boys. Penny. Hello, Penny. Hello. Lovely to meet you again. It's, it's wonderful to connect with you. Yeah. Yes. yes. And, and as you say, the experts, but I'm afraid when it comes to things like Skinwalker Ranch, it's uh, anyone's guess, really, what was going on there. But we can surmise. Exactly. Can surmise. I suppose it's a bit like when people say they're paranormal experts or they're paranormal. No one is really an expert because no one knows no. the right no, or no. wrong. But you've yeah. got more expertise and knowledge than I have, put it that way. <laughs> well, that, that's debatable, Penny, because we're all still learning. I always joke and say after all these decades of UFO researchers and what do we have? We still have a blank page, but we do that's have theoretical content we can create yeah. theoretical models in order to try and put the pieces together as it were well isn't that what science is isn't that what yeah. science has always been it's creating theories experimenting with the theories seeing if they work and seeing if they don't and if i mean i can't wasn't it like edison or something he had made over a hundred and something versions of the light bulb before he found one that worked <laughs> or something ridiculous like that but it is it, it frustrates me when people look at things like the paranormal and stuff or or spirits or whatever it is and they say oh that that doesn't work that experiment now it's not science yeah but there is no scientific thing that has worked perfectly first time you 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 have to keep yeah researching evolving. it and, yeah yeah and, and i think so it changes every 10 years the concepts ideas and things science changes or it evolves every 10 years or so every right. decade you know what we thought was perhaps applicable then changes completely in 10 years yeah. and our mode of thought thinking and, and it's the same with researchers as well i think that you know even from my stance from where i was say about 15 years ago it certainly changed incredibly to what, what mm. I think and feel about certain subject matters now. Yeah. And when we talk about elements of the paranormal, um, people automatically assume it's all linked to ghosts and ghosts only. Mm. But actually, the paranormal encompasses a wider variety of subject matters, including, you know, UFO sightings. And I think the problem is, Penny, that a lot of researchers have kind of pigeonholed these subject matters into their own separate categories, yeah. their boxes, and they are not able to make those dots or connections with one to the other. Mm. But, you know, as we're going to be talking about tonight there are certain locations or geographical locations around the world which stipulate that this may be very much the case where those dots can be connected yeah. showing us that you know the paranormal is connected with ufology well, what's interesting we say about the paranormal you know like ghosts and, and hauntings and ufos people believe they are in separate pigeonholes but what's mm. interesting just moving away from the topic a little bit from what we're going to talk about what's very fascinating and this always intrigued me about the ghosts 
is that we had an account here many years ago in Clapham, a small village outside uh, Bedfordshire, small village, where this old lady, she'd seen this flying saucer above our house and she was horrified. But what was interesting, and it made quite a loud buzz, I think, and there were lights everywhere, her doors in her house were opening and closing by themselves. Now, Penny, the doors are non-conductive, they wouldn't. Mm. So that to me is like paranormal activity connected the with phenomena is opening the, some kind of the flying saucer. It's really yeah. weird. So, and I I've always thought about that. That really that really flummoxed me because I kept thinking, well, if they're non-conductive, it seems almost paranormal. Mm. What yes. you what you move into your line of uh, expertise, the paranormal ghosts. Um, poltergeist it's really weird how the two seem to merge at that moment all right we, we're kind of jumping into something i was going to do talk about yes. it, but one, one hold that thought because i was thinking about something to do with that today while i was doing my research for, for the interview tonight and i'm gonna I'll, I'll i'll go back i'm writing a note so i remind myself to go back to it because <laughs> it, there was something i was thinking of when i was doing research into one of the elements that I, I I told Phil that I was going to look into when we spoke last month. Yes. I said, I'm going to research this because I want to know where they come from. Um, I, he probably doesn't remember what it was I said I was going, but I did actually look into it. Completely <laughs> blew my mind scientifically. I didn't understand a word any of the reports said, but I think I kind of got the gist of it. Um, <laughs> but how did, I mean, you, you say about the paranormal, to, not, to me, this is one of the things I always correct people on, where they say, I don't believe in the paranormal. I said, you can't say that. You could say, I don't believe in ghosts or I don't believe in aliens. You can't write off the whole thing because, you know, 200 years ago, a thunderstorm was paranormal. Because it means something unnormal, something that people can't understand, something that people can't explain. Mm. I mean, let's face it, there are certain parts of the community that think that you can shoot at a tornado to stop it. But, you know, that's... <laughs> <laughs> most of us understand you can't or blow um, it away blow it away but but the thing is there were so many things that you know even a hundred years ago classes you know nobody could explain them yet now we know what they are and it's normal and everything else so I do correct people when they say you know they only equate the paranormal with ghosts and things and say well actually no mm, the paranormal that's right. is anything that's not normal anything we can't explain anything outside of the realm of understanding mm. is actually paranormal so that would yes. include ufo sightings that would include extraterrestrial that would even include people who've had what you know they believe to be and i'm i'm trying to be as unbiased as possible here abduction experiences because there's scientific yes. they try to find scientific explanations for those but it's still paranormal nobody knows for sure because there's too many things that's like well how would they know that it's like an implanted memory or or whatever mm. but what made you two get into this in the first place? Well, I had, this is Philip, I had an experience, um, well, several experiences, uh, really, with um, one of them was with our maternal grandmother when we were age 13. This had been in Middlesex and Feltham. Um, my grandparents then lived in a, quite a big house. And on one um, afternoon, late afternoon, early, saw, afternoon, early afternoon, we're not sure if it's early or it late. It was early. We saw the afternoon. A, it's in the yeah, afternoon. The afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> we saw a, a silver orb in broad daylight um, coming over to the house 
and then seemed to hang suspended over our grandmother's head. And we were 13 years of age at the time, and we didn't understand what it was. And when we asked her at that point when it arrived, she said the fairies had come to take a closer look at us. Now, our grandmother was psychic, and we knew that she was trying to cover this to try and calm us because the object then moved up towards the uh, three-story house to the top, and it went over, and then we ran inside to check it out. But it was only only later in 1989 when I had what people assume or call an abduction in 1989 in the village of Pastor Mortain, I had a very strange experience that is far too long to go into but that all for me to say here with regards to that is that there were two parts to this experience that right. one of them had witnesses and the other one was like a non-physical element to it yeah. where I was taken through solid matter and I had physical marks afterwards and I think from that moment onwards I wanted to investigate the reality of this to see if you know to find out what it was if it was real are we dealing with something that's a product of, of imagination that's created into a reality are we dealing with an extraterrestrial force um, because at that point many people were trying to put it into little boxes as I said before and um, and it was that is exactly how I started. I wanted to find the truth of what we were dealing with. Right. I, I the, it was Penny for me the silver sphere. Now people will automatically, you know, say that it was a balloon. It was not a balloon. I'll make mm. it quite clear. It was very haunting. It was controlled. It was steady because the the day was quite breezy. People say to me, you know, did you did the sounds all disappear? We don't know. I can't remember. You know, back then it was in 1982. Right. But it came over and it, it was moving straight over and it stopped and it looked, it was the size of a football. Hmm. It wasn't, it was level with a second bedroom window, an average second bedroom window of a house. And it just hung over our grandmother's head and it looked like something from Doctor Who. Right. I, 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 and it was so out there. It was so Different. bizarre. Oh. And I got the impression when we looked up at it, it was just hanging there, no noise. It was silver, like a chrome, a dirty chrome. That would be uh, attributed to the reflection of the world around it. Mm -hmm. I, I had the impression it was watching us, like some kind of oh. electronic eye. It's like a drone um, almost, like an alien yes. drone. Yeah, yeah. We like have drones in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> and and I know Heathrow Airport is not far off. Yeah. Once our grandfather worked for KLM at Heathrow. But this thing was so weird. And it was just the three of us, me, Philip and Grandma. Mm. And then it went up. And when it went across the roof, it just went mm. and went <laughs> off. And it's ghostly. It's haunting. That's how oh, Ronnie, you've on. never you've never had an abduction experience. I had one after that. Yes, you 13. Have. Yes. yes. Was it the one that you had? Was it together, the two of you, or were they no. separate? Separate. What's interesting oh. about that is I had one. It wasn't very nice. It was quite nasty. Only one. I can oh. remember only one. I was 13. I've never seen it. It was after this first experience that you had yours yeah. own. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. I call them the doctors or whatever they pass themselves off. Because now, as you get older, you were at the time when they had me in wherever I was taken. They kept going on about an operation. It was sterile. They were armoured. I couldn't see their faces, but they were like doctors. Mm -hmm. They were armoured. They were masked. But um, I can tell you that that um, then you would think they were an authority. You thought they were real. But now, as we were talking about earlier, about as we discussed about your attitudes and opinions change later on, you become a little bit wiser to it. Mm -hmm. And it was those two incidents mainly that opened this paradox up to us actually looking into much later, 
mm. what on earth we are dealing with. You know, yeah. it's, it's it's intriguing. It was horrible. They weren't nasty, but they were very uh, authoritative yeah. and commanding. And I think when you have when you're touched by this singularity, Penny, whatever it may be, it seems to alter your perception of reality. It seems to open up something deep inside that where most of the programmed society, God love them, we're all programmed to a degree, something is, is saying to you, well, look, this phenomena exists, but um, the system we serve is telling you it doesn't. And I was like, well, I need to find out what this is. I mean, like you're, you're, you're yourself an author and a brilliant researcher, you will want to get to the bottom of any any form of investigation to find out what it is. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly what led us then, almost like an obsession to find the truth of what we are, where we come from, what this phenomena is and why it, it touches certain individuals yeah we've been down the road that people say it's sleep paralysis you dreamed yeah. it yeah. overactive imagination no 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 what that did after when i had seen the doctors they didn't harm me i don't know what they did they did they, they, they kept harping on about an operation and they knocked me out there were certain inconsistencies with that because i kept thinking well if they knocked me out prior to an operation why didn't they just knock me out before the snatching exactly it would have made it so much easier this is what we've been doing thinking why it's as if they want to see them and also the aftermath of that i remembered i was terrified i would prop books up against the door at night or an old guitar so it'd make a clatter if it came in now ironically they took me through the ceiling but as a kid you're going to you know, you, you, you've, you've been faced with something you can't explain. Yeah. And you're just taking measures to protect yourself, you yeah. know, or try to. So it has a kind of psychological effect or an emotional effect. It, you know, as anyone that sees a ghost is probably frightened by it, traumatised by it, or, you know, any, or a poltergeist or something different. It does affect the individual. And that's where it starts for most people to find the truth of what's going on. So that's why. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, one of the... the I didn't realise you two had had that experience. I'm so sorry. That's why I sat here sort of going, huh? I didn't, I didn't actually know That's that. Fine. Well, yeah, well, the last experience we had, and it has been documented and filmed, and we've done our research, and we found it was on the 9th of April 2016 at precisely 11.15pm at night. We're now here in Kempston, Bedfordshire. It wasn't an abduction. It was the viewing of three huge, massive lights that are in triangular formation that have been filmed and tracked from the Isle of Scilly coming up. Mm. And that was the last time that we'd seen UFOs. We've seen no more. We've seen no more. And that, and that was Nothing. recorded. And I was and I was so amazed that other people had tracked the objects. And another researcher, Dave uh, uh, Twine, has actually filmed them. And my niece filmed them as well, too. It was a, it's another long story, mm. but it was incredible. And, it, and the appearance of these objects also brought a level of high strangeness where when we had basically come back from some friends from an early birthday meal, um, it was late because our birthday was a few days later. And driving back with my brother in the car, my niece and my, my sister were in another car. They'd gone to the adjoining villages. They'd, my niece had seen it, gone out, filmed them, but we had arrived here and they were stationary above us. And they performed a manoeuvre. But the thing that was strange... They were many, quite low. They, they were, were very 90, low. They were 90 feet up. Yeah. We gathered estimates, about 90 feet up. So. When, 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 they, when they, in Bedford, you would be in Luton's flight path, wouldn't you? Yes, that's right. Mm. Yes, yeah. So but, if there was something in the air that was being picked up by radar for, for the Luton air traffic control, it would have been picked. Yes. Yeah, That's right. absolutely. And they, it came with a level of high strangeness where we found there was no one walking down our road. There was no one coming. It was a Saturday night. There was no one coming back from the pub, no cars when the objects were stationary above us, hovering very low in triangular formation, no sound. They were pure white. 
um, and that was the last event that we had. So that was an incredible experience. It's as if they had somehow, we said afterwards, they were amazing. I mean, the way they moved, I've never seen anything move like that. We have got nothing like that. The way they moved was so smooth. It's like they were on glass. glass. Um, and also the sound was muffled. When they were there, everything was like muffled. I realized when we spoke, when I was looking up at them and pointing, it's like, you know, when it snows heavily, mm-hmm. you're, 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 yeah, yeah, it was like that. So, and we didn't realize, well, you get these things afterwards when you realize, well, there was no one, nothing, nothing. They yeah. somehow managed to stop time, not, Dis- not mechanically. But distort, they distort the space nothing could get around in. us. They froze the area so outside. We're not we saying think- they're UFOs, whatever they are. I mean, they are UFOs because they're unidentified. Mm. But we think that this phenomena is able to alter its surroundings um, around the immediate area when it comes into close proximity of an individual. And I think this is where we started looking into the abduction phenomena, where I believe myself that as it presents itself and becomes closer, more connected to the individual, it will have a personal connection with the psyche of that individual. That's why some people, they see different things when the phenomena happens. And it could be that it's happening, but they're translating it differently from how they're observing their reality or how they see reality. Yeah, we didn't lose any time. No, we, we didn't, didn't lose, lose any time. We didn't lose any time. No. There's two things I want to go into now, and I can't go into both of them because they both link into what you were just saying. So I'm going to pick the first one. One of the cases you mentioned to me when we chatted, Phil and I chatted earlier to work out what we were going to talk about was the Betty and Barney Hill abduction in the September yes. of 1961. That's right. Now, there, there was loads of things with them. It was they were, they were coming, I can't remember what, they were coming back from something and they saw something yeah. in the sky they got out of their car to see what it was. And I think it was Barney start to get scared and said, get back in the car. And the next That's thing right. they know they're like sort of 30 miles down the road and they don't know how they got there. But then yes. um, I'm kind of summarizing this because I've got loads I want to talk about, but they came, they, they were th- about 30 miles down the, the road, didn't know how they got there. They didn't remember the journey. Um, That's right. But then it was the fact that their behavior started to change afterwards. So Betty would always leave a suitcase packed in the hall and things like that which was very bizarre very un, un, unlike her and to begin with when she'd seen the the what do they call them in foot sky uh skinwalker the unidentified aerial phenomena a uap or something is that one of the terminologies for them yes uh, the new the new terminology is uap you're right unidentified aerial phenomena yes. it used to be ufo the acronym has been changed i think to be on a more scientific level of understanding yeah, yeah. i think so, that's it's very strange i like ufo i like, I like ufo but then i'm old but yeah i'm just <laughs> trying to appeal to lots of people it's a bit like when people see a a a, a, a light and they think it's an orb it's a it's a light and anomaly rather than an orb that kind of thing yeah anyway she thought it was a falling star but then realized it was moving up which a falling star won't do now they i think they both discovered damage to themselves she found damage to the dress she's been wearing that's Um, correct yes that's right and 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 all those things but what i you know it was the fact that people were trying to find a logical explanation one of them was that it was a a suggestion because they'd been watching an episode of the outer limits which had featured the greys for uh, data reticuli is that how it's pronounced data reticuli yeah data reticuli yeah what yeah yeah and i think what's happened what happened was that in that missing two hour period that they had 
um, where they had their abduction, which didn't come until much later when they both started experiencing these nightmares that, that mm. uh, um, Dr. Simon Benjamin started to, re he was a, a, a war veteran with regards to hypnotherapy and started to regress the couple. Mm. And they started to piece together this pattern, this story. But what's interesting about that case is that um, I know that the, we know that the UFOs were tracked um, by military and uh, but one of the things is what's really weird about this is that the phenomena itself as we said before integrates on a personal level almost to the point where it secretes itself deep inside mm -hmm. the subconscious mind so it's evident and my my I do make people laugh when I say this which is very very uh, a very valid point I think why would beings that's come all the way from Zeta Reticuli wish to abduct a lovely married couple you know that were very law-abiding good citizens Citizens. And then when they did in the initial examination with Betty and then Barney, because they were examined in separate rooms, yeah. one of the examiner came in and tried to move Betty's teeth. They had never met anyone because they were puzzled by Barney's false teeth. That means to say um, that that was the very first time, obviously, that they had met a human with um, with with false yeah. teeth. Yeah. So and uh, you see, I think you could argue the case that even with Betty and Barney, people are stating that they may have been influenced by the outer limits mm. uh, of science fiction. But people could say the same to us for watching Doctor Who. Mm. I mean, it's never going to end there. There's also things to substantiate. All I know though uh, is if I get abducted by Cybermen, that's it, I'm gone. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. But yeah. as I'm saying uh, about the Betty and Barney case is also that through hypnosis, she was able, Betty was able to accurately chart what the leader had shown her on board the ship, a kind of holographic yeah. map of where they came from. And what I loved about that is when she asked the leader, you know, where do you come from? He basically said, it's quite, you know, well, where, where are you on this map? And she couldn't answer. She said, well, if you don't know where you are, why on earth should you, it matter where we come from? But she remembered that map and she drew it. And Marjorie Fish later on, actually, they found a constellation extremely similar to that yeah she, so, she created the star yeah. map through a lot of beads and strings and she actually matched this star system that was later confirmed by scientists on uh, computers um, and they actually found that it was a system in the Zeta Reticuli. Recently but, discovered, yeah, because yeah, they didn't have the tech then, back but, then to confirm it. But if you, but that aside, if you look at all of the data that's been presented, one of the fascinating things is, it's very puzzling that you know these two people had been singled out by these extraterrestrials, and if it had been influenced by some form of television program, you know why aren't everyone being abducted by? Darth Vader or by Daleks. Well, you or said it yourself, didn't you? And, and the Cybermen. They normally come in the guise or the appearance of three foot large headed black wraparound eyes, grey, what are known as greys. And they seem to be quite symbolic within the UFO literature. I know now it's like in all of media, everyone you see is like grey faces, even the X-Files. And now I think people have uh, assumed that, oh, you've watched too much science fiction. Mm. But I think and feel that the phenomena itself may be very different from what is being projected into the minds of the individual. I think that it perhaps uses models that we attribute and kind of like secretes that within the minds of the individual. But the grades are very interesting. I think it's the way that they, I think, to be honest with you, this phenomena is not what we're actually seeing. And Ronnie's always said that yes. it's probably... It's that it can't invoke. Yeah.
symbol change throughout the epochs, throughout the history mm -hmm. um, with ufology. I mean, I know that we touched briefly upon Penny about the ancient or the antediluvian, mm -hmm. um, you know, paintings and carvings of these graves that have been uh, found in numerous, well, many cave systems yeah. around the world. And I think that within science, science tries very hard to stick with the current model of evolution. I think anything that will upset the, the balance of that will create problems. But I think now looking into the subject matter, we're finding that this phenomenon phenomena has always been around. Mm. In the 19, you know, in the 1900s, you had people uh, although they were around but not as, as large as these things floating dirigibles then they became ghost rockets then they became flying they became flying triangles. something just it's beyond almost our beyond our tech. tech and they have to look different don't yeah they? like they were goblins and yeah. they were fairies before that and that's they why become, they and you're right what you're stating you know the greys became in vogue didn't they and so people started seeing the greys so it's like a, a yeah a, a conscious kind of interpretation or a preference something mm. i believe something has taken advantage that of we that. can identify on a in intellectual level to say that this is something that is not of our world whichever way or however that phenomenon presents itself it's almost very different to the level of reality that we currently have in our mindset how we've been programmed so i think this is really exciting because i don't think that we're seeing exactly what this phenomenon is no you're because it's always hidden it's, it's always hidden it's got to be different yeah it's like the doctors i explain now because my mode of thought has changed so much from seeing them they weren't really doctors that was an illusion something was mm. tricking me into believing they were doctors it happened mm. but what they were I, I cannot say it but i'm absolutely convinced they trick or this thing has a way of tricking you mm. and and as you said you rightly said why are we not seeing cybermen because they're they're too commercialized with they're too connected with science fiction you're not going to no one's going to take you seriously but if they're just outside that phase mm. just pushed yeah. outside that phase it becomes mm. a little bit more believable i mean for for for, for I, I don't mind putting this on record i do believe there's got to be something i i think i said i've said this before i think it is incredibly arrogant to assume that we are the only life form and whatever form life form takes elsewhere that our star system mm. is the only one that has life in it when you look at the trillions of stars that are out there mm, yes that's them, right and each one of them is a potential solar system so therefore each one of them should have the potential for life mm, so yeah. i do think it's incredibly arrogant of us to assume we are the only life form and i've always said that well i don't care when i get laughed at for saying it or i get astrophysicists trying to explain to me what the difference you know not every star is a solar system blah, blah, blah. well fine if half of them are that's still a hell of a lot um but with no. Betty and Barney Hill thing, I, think, I, th I just think they're closer to home. I've never actually thought about outer space because that most of that is dead where we are. Yeah, I've always considered them to being closer to home. I think you know what I mean by that interdimensional um, yeah. portals. Yeah, I, I think to. So I was just going to say that, you know, we don't know as a species enough about ourselves, about, yeah. about the true origins of our evolution. And I think this is where the phenomena has got really muddy in terms of people speculating, well, it's this or it's that. And you'll get mm. some researchers who are pigeonholing it. But uh, we do have one area of agreement that we're now beginning to realize that this phenomena is what they would call 
paranormal mm. because you know it seems to come in light phenomena and this light phenomena seems to morph not just around mediums that you know mediums say that they're communicating with the deceased and i believe that through the lights that are seen the different colors but also the ufos come as light phenomena there's been a lot of cases where a lot of witnesses have, have actually reported seeing these orbs of light. Sometimes they're red, sometimes they're blue, and these seem to manifest into these objects that they then purport to be UFOs. Um, so I think that, you know, the way that, as you explained it quite admirably, you know, that we cannot be the only species in this planet, but what we do know on a physical level is that, you know, the elements of space are harsh to us carbon-based uh, creatures. Yeah. So, you know, it, and, and the distances involved are incredibly vast. That is science, but this phenomena is getting through to us. It's connecting through to us. And I think that's why now people are looking into areas of quantum theory or the interdimensional hypothesis in order to try to put the dots together to find out well how is this phenomena getting through to us and where is it coming from and why hasn't it reached out on some form of intelligence to tell us that it is there and it exists um, you know because it the phenomena itself secretes itself it hides itself it pushes itself into the deep recesses of human consciousness which means that when people have had these experiences it does not want to be known we could also be dealing with the dead. Yeah. I, I mentioned this in my book, the dead, yeah. they could be altergeists. It could be something that's tricking us. We have to consider, as she said, every aspect. Yeah. We, as I said, we don't know. It mm. could be the dead tricking us. I always mention: is it possible that the greys are perhaps some kind of damned souls that have been offered retribution um, in the form of these things? You know, we don't know. I mean, it's... Well, it's what that brings me on to, though, is something else that I wanted to ask you to what your thinking of it was, because with Betty and Barney, uh, they were a mixed race couple. They were. Yeah. She was white. He, he was a person of colour. And yeah. obviously that would have been very unusual in 1961. And they'd been together a long time. You know, it wasn't sort of kids in their 19, 20, whatever. <laughs> yeah. They were both in their 40s, I think late 40s. But... Barney died about eight years after the abduction from uh, cerebral hemorrhage. Stress, I yes, yeah. And I mean, Betty lived a long while, but she died from cancer in her 80s. Yes. I've also found accounts of people who worked at Roswell, obviously another, I'm not going not gonna to talk about the Roswell incident because that's been gone to death, but I have found accounts <laughs> of people who worked on the site there who also died from strokes, from cancer, from other poisoning yeah. type incidents do you think there could be now i'm leading on to something else with this right i'm, I'm leading on to the next thing i wanted to lead on to but do you think there could be something to do with whatever the propulsion systems are that these ships if they are indeed ships is using the chemicals they're using hopefully not for you two but the chemicals they maybe have used that could be poisonous yeah. to humans. I mean, you mentioned about space being too harsh for carbon-based life forms. Yes. If these aren't carbon-based life forms, they could be using chemicals that to us could be potentially fatal. Yes. 
Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, yeah, a, good, no. that's a good point. Yeah, I will, yeah, I will say point. that there's been a lot of cases with regards to uh, the increase in cancer and, um, uh, you know, major burns from people who have been in close proximity with these objects. We right. call them UFOs yeah. um, or now UAPs, as they call them. Um, and I do believe that perhaps because they may be, you know, coming from another dimension or, a, a, you know, some kind of portal that is very different from ours, mm. then it's, it's quite possible a lot of people do receive health issues and problems. I know that with the regards to the Betty Barney Hill case, I mean, Kathy Marden, Kathy Marden, that uh, we know is the niece of Betty Barney, she's a, a top neurologist. She has stated that, you know, um, that I think that Barney, through the shock of all of this, did, did bring about this unfortunate episode of where he died um, with, uh, he had numerous strokes before and then died so soon afterwards. He was so young, he was only 48. 46, and, this. Yeah, and, and of course, they both received marks and injuries. Their car also was covered um, in these strange kind of like circular magnetic um, uh, shapes that their compass would react to. So that may have been attributed to some form of radioactivity. Mm. And it is known that these um, objects, these beings uh, do unfortunately have some kind of adverse effect upon the individual when in close proximity. Um, not all of the time, but most of the time. Um, and I think that's very important important because you know if they're coming from a higher level or indeed a lower level um, then their reality wherever they come from will invariably affect us and if you're in in in, in the close proximity of huge magnetic dis disruptions or interferences then of course there will be some after effects with regards to that so a lot of reports from a lot of researchers and authors themselves have stipulated that it's very dangerous to get close to what they call a ufo what's interesting um, also a friend of mine, Neil Geddes Ward, a wonderful friend of ours, he actually brought something up that made sense. He said, now, don't you think it's odd, Penny, that in the presence of these things, we are not being unkind, but we've spent centuries combating viruses, germs, and all that. I think you know where this is going. So Go when, we're in, when we're in their presence, what are we exposing them to and what's it exposing us to? Yeah. Germs. Yeah. And, you know, and why are they not, the, unless they have some kind of barrier uh, yeah. yeah. hermetically but, sealed or something like but that brings actually that was interesting because i was watching i was trying to find out and i i'm not going to what i want to go on to next i'm going to something different but i was trying to find out if i could find any like names who have said they've seen ufos and one of the links i found was to buzz aldrin who supposedly said he saw something fly past the side of apollo 11 and he thinks it was a ufo but he when I sort of dug into it more, he actually said, that's not what I said. I saw a pant something in the distance that didn't be there. And it was only when we got back to back to, to land that control said, actually, no, that was one of your panels that had jettisoned earlier. It was the sun glinting. <laughs> it was actually a long further bit. But people who want a name to attribute, because, you know, you can't get much more credibility really in the same Buzz Aldrin saw a UFO. Hello. But what <laughs> were you saying about pathogens and everything? was I was watching an interview, I think it was also like Australia 60 Minutes or something, and it was with um, the Apollo 11 pilot, Michael Collins. Is that his, Michael Collins? He piloted Apollo 11. And he was saying when they got back, they, they had to go into a hermetically sealed room for two weeks with all yes. the mice. And the basic, it was if the mice lived, they were okay. 
if the mice die, yes. they obviously brought something back from the moon. So yes, what you're moon. saying about nobody seems to check anyone who's said they've had an abduction experience to see that they're not carrying something like mm. like a, a super plague or whatever. Yes. But, but it's it's no different to when explorers have gone into places like in in um, um, the Amazon River and seen the natives there who've never been exposed to the common cold virus and they take the cold virus in and it wipes them out. It's a wipes them out, yes. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah this is yeah. why I think that with regards to this phenomena, the greys as they're known, seem to appear as some kind of automaton. It is feasible to assume that some other intelligence may have developed these entities in order to cross the expanse of space or time. Well, like a, almost like a giant spacesuit. Absolutely, absolutely. And that, that they have sent them as their eyes and their ears. And of course, to record the information as it's coming through, because the question of whether or not, you know, although we may be, or, you know, receive radiation or burns in some instances, yeah. uh, what about them as well? So I think that, you know, this is why the phenomena seems to integrate itself on a very personal level. It seems to override our reality. Yeah. But the thing is, Penny, it seems they, when I say they, the greys, whatever they are, they seem to know an awful a lot about the workings of the human mind so it appears to me that they know more about us than we know about ourselves but what's very suspect is the fact that they want to keep their modus operandi secret because they lie to their abductees and an abductee is someone who <clears throat> is forcibly removed or taken like betty and barney hill um to their craft if that's what it's if that's what it is before being brought back again um you know and i think that's very interesting to to understand that this phenomena is i you know whether or not it wants to keep itself removed from us so as not to interfere with our you know our world but it's done yeah. that already because it's affecting the individuals yeah. as they come into their their close proximity around them or it could be something that is quite shocking that you know everyone let's just say hypothetically I mean, it's not setting stone. These are just theories. Everything you see when it happens in a paranormal sense is what you are believed to have seen. Yes. It's exposing you to some mirage or something that's in fact that you don't know what on earth is behind that, something so different. We, we coined the phrase aliens because in the 50s it was very fanciful of flying saucers and the B-movies were very popular. It's very yeah. romantic, wasn't it, whether they come to destroy the earth or there was contact. It became popular. Is this force, if it is a force or something, is mimicking all yeah, that, using it. portraying this kind yeah. of, giving it kind of, cushioning a kind of history to it but really when it's revealing itself we will not know what it really is and that's the question what is it <clears throat> i'm not saying this is so but we have to consider every aspect of this phenomenon and that's the beautiful thing about yourself and us is we're open to all forms of speculation mm. you have to be because we don't mm. know what we're dealing with mm. i hate it mm. i hate it when people state they know what they are what their planet is, where they come model from, model ships they use. I can't stand it, no. you know, and it goes on. As we research this even further and further, you find that it has been using this kind of force or this intelligence has been used in deception. Because as I stated in my book, I start to see cracks. In What's the, the name of the book, sorry, Ronnie? The Digital Demon. 
right. the okay. digital demon. Um, what I found, and we researched this, didn't we? Both Philip and I researched this, that in the 50s, the contactees, the aliens mm. always more than not expressed the concerns then for atomic warfare. They were always concerned. They didn't land on the grounds of the White House. They just snatched anyone they could find uh, anywhere and ex expressed their concerns for atomic warfare. Well, my argument was this. If they were so concerned, and this was going to cause a cosmic devastation, they themselves being so advanced, they'd whip round without telling us, nullify their weapons, and they would. We wouldn't know. We can't, they don't work. We'll build more. We inevitably build more. They do the same again, again. They've won. Yeah. It's an illusion, a deception. Yeah. And now we move on to the 90s, and we now find the greys are now harping on about the environmental issues when they've done absolutely nothing about the atomic warfare. Yeah, and I think also the other disturbing part to this is almost like the childlike toy-like quality that this comes with because in every nearly every single case that you research or you look into with uh, you know people who have been abducted or people who are contactees as they call themselves or those that create ce5 initiative and that means that they are using their mind to community communicate and summon a craft it, it has this almost like very disturbing toy-like childlike quality to it and that i think that's disturbing to a degree and i'm not saying that you know i'm not saying that everything about it is evil and, and horrible or nasty it just a lot of the cases that we've looked into shows us categorically and quite plainly that a lot of this phenomena does not do us any good really in the long term because a lot of people have suffered for well, psychological yeah and and health issues as you quite rightly yes. said um right. skinwalker being one of them one of the areas of great interest and not the only areas but because it's had so much publicity and money pulled into it um, in the uh, Utah Basin in America. This area most definitely is like the uh, all the eyes of the world are looking on it and at yeah. it to see what's, what they can get and what this phenomenon is. I've got so, a theory on that. Yeah. Oh, and let, we'll, we'll, we'll jump to Skinwalker then. Because that was one of the things I wanted to talk about, because it's one that people maybe who aren't, I'm certainly not. I, I don't I don't really know anything about this this phenomena so and skinwalker is something I've got watching my 13 year old son is into it we have big long discussions about it I mean one of the things I you were saying about what forms these aliens could actually be well I said to him as long as they're living they could be pieces of gas for all we know they could be a, a like a, a glob of gas and that's that's their yeah. form and and, and yes. you say, you, know, you say the, the greys are their spacesuit and for want of a better term, I'm trivialising it, but it's it's visualising yeah. it to people. Yeah, yeah. But what was what's interesting I find about Skinwalker is that um, why there would be my was my first question when I started watching it. I was like, why there, and why did the people who had it? I don't know if I don't think it was the ones before Brandon Fugel bought it, but the ones before that said nothing ever happened to us. Did it really, yeah. or did they just not want to mention it? Because, because how many times have you walked into a building that people go, never experienced anything here, and you walk in within five minutes, something has fallen off, or a door's opened, or you've 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 had someone walk past you and there's no one there. We've all had it. It's not everyone can sense yeah. these things. Is the first thing I will say. And of course, the skeptics will be, well, that's that's a good excuse. Yeah, yeah. Not everyone can sense it. Blah blah blah. But they've got stuff on camera now they've got yeah, things, they show, things that don't make sense yeah now, the fact that they've got um travis taylor 
working. I mean, Travis mm. Taylor is basically Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory. I know he doesn't sound that intelligent with that accent, <laughs> but this that man has a, he has he has he has more than Oxford University. I mean, yeah, he 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 may not sound particularly intelligent, but he is Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory. Intelligent. I mean, he is phenomenal, and I I admit to not understanding all the experiments they do, but I could still have my theories now one of the episode i've just watched um was i think last one of series two and he was saying that what he was mapping was where asteroids big asteroids we're talking about here not your little weenie ones that are hitting our atmosphere all the time big um what do they call them not environmental no no there's a term for ones that can change the environment Mm -hmm. when they hit i can't think oh right you know what i mean like um like the one that could have caused the wipeout of the dinosaurs. It's like environmental changing. I mm. can't remember. Anyway, and he showed this map of where all the recorded hits are. And there is a proliferation in North America because I've always thought, why is, it, why is all this stuff always happening in North America? Why? What's mm. so special about the USA? What? Mm. I, mean, I know it's a big expanse of land, but so is Russia, so is China. And what mm. was interesting about this map was, yes, there was a huge proliferation of them in America, North America, not so much south, but north, but also in Australia. Mm. Um, I mean, he was talking about one that was in Iraq, that the basin was almost identical to the basin that Skinwalker Ranch sits in. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, well, what about why? If there's a lot in Australia, there must be sightings in Australia. So I started looking into Australia and... Yeah, they're, they're, they're native people. They've been around for at least 50,000 years and they've got cave drawings that look like the greys. I think they're yes. what, Wangina or Wangina. They look mm. like the greys. Now, they've also got something that's fascinating and they've never proved who's made it. Something called the Marais Man, which is, is an emblem of a man that's 28 kilometres long. And they're saying that the Aborigines, they wouldn't have had the technology to create this because you can only see it from sort of from the, the sky from the sky you can actually see yeah. it from space it's that large yes now yeah. these things seem a bit too coincidental to me to be not linked yeah yeah absolutely and, then, and I, yeah and then you come back to skinwalker and some of the weird stuff that's gone on then now i know he's mentioned about the the asteroids and i'm not i'm not going to say that dr travis taylor phd phd NASA scientists, everything is wrong at all. But what I was thinking is, what about going deeper? Could there be, could it be? Now, this is my very, very rudimental understanding of physics. I ain't an astrophysicist. I, I didn't, I, I passed physics at O level. That's about as far as it got. Looking into wormholes, to me, a wormhole is the only way that something could travel from thousands of light years away to here. Yeah, does that, yeah, would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah? Oh, yes, absolutely. Right, so could it be that wherever this asteroid has hit, that's why they get more magnetic readings. It would be interesting to find out if the ones in Iraq and Australia and everything have these high magnetic readings as well. But could it be that the reason every so often the readings and the gamma rays and all those wonderful things that damage us go up is because whatever's trying to is opening that wormhole up. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's why they go up because they have to, a wormhole needs so much energy. Now, it, it also, the magnet goes up because a wormhole is basically two magnets. It's got <laughs> yes. a positive and a negative. Yeah. You've got the white hole and the black hole. 
Yeah. Am I, am I oversimplifying this, or is this sound logical? No, no and, and logical. I think it would be for us as well too. It, it we do look at the institutional hypothesis at the wormhole or like some kind of what they call portal or openings mm. because on the ranch themselves they have actually seen they've actually seen openings a whole windows opening. openings yeah. of different worlds yeah yeah and and going back to your point the it was kenneth and edith myers who actually owned the property who said they'd lived there for 60 years i think it was 1934 they now they were wanting to sell the ranch because they died when the uh, other owners of the Sherman family came in they found yeah but they found that when they went to the property there was there was a box on the inside inside the house to shut and lock the doors which was mm -hmm. very strange and of course I think that the you know that it was the Shermans themselves that then actually wanted to get out of the ranch mm -hmm. they wanted to leave the ranch and of course, that's when it, all the balls started rolling with the uh, entrepreneur, creator of NIDS, which is the uh, National Institute for Discovery Science. Mm -hmm. And he took it over. And of course, after a while, then, of course, as we all know, Brandon Fugel came in with his research team. And that's where we're at this moment. So I, I think that with regards to the, that's an absolutely amazing hypothesis penny you're absolutely right because why there we all you know and i know and many other people know that it was all down to a curse which had been created by um you know the um the the was it the uh navajo i was it the, the Nav navajo tribe or something like that the Nav navajo yeah the navajo and they put a curse on the land yeah. because they fell out with another uh, clan. Uh, clan and so our, our argument is you know is this something that's been generated from the human mind or are we actually dealing with something that is now an interdimensional hypothesis or can they both be connected together? Did the tribe know of these, these stories that you have discovered, yeah. you found, and that they've utilized this on some level? It's very, very bizarre, but I think it's coincidence. I and Ronnie, I think absolutely. Yes. I think both yes, are happening. It's be. just coincidence that they're both yeah. happening in the same place. Because then yes. you've got a you've got a third factor for Skinwalker, with the weird stuff that happens at Homestead too, haven't you? The the the, the ghosty stuff, then the voices that they've heard. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Uh, guys, I know. That's very interesting. But could the wormhole be responsible for that too? That's why I was when I think it was you, Ronnie, at the beginning. You said something about um, was it all to, all linked, and I was like, ah, that, that was something I was going to mention. Yes. Could the wormholes be? And bear in mind, wormholes have only really been hypothesised since about 1935 with Einstein and Rosen. Rosen, Rosen. Yes. Could they be what allows energies to travel? Because one of the things I said once when I was talking to, I think it was it was Nick Groff. I was talking, we were talking off air about something. And I said, if you think about the fact that time isn't linear, um, time kind of bends in on itself. It's a, a wiggly line. I'm thinking of um, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure here when they're going down in the, <laughs> the telephone booth. Like, like, yes. You know, if people understand uh, that rather than a astrophysicist type version of it. But anyway, so time isn't linear. Could it be that if the two lines are getting close enough to each other that they're almost touching that's what enables spirits from a different time to come in because one of the hypotheses with wormholes is you travel in time as well. If mm. you go in through a wormhole, you'll actually end up in your past. Yes. Yes. 
Yeah, so, I think your opinion is good on that, actually, Penny. That's a that's a, a cracking point you've made there about the um, the yeah. um, the 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 asteroid and the connection, the corridor, where it's ripped a hole in the very fabric of space and time. It's and that these, everything up. yeah, and that these lines converge, or they kind of like converge now and again, which creates this kind of like connection. Yeah, I mean, um, the example I, I think, used to use is when I used to go when I was a kid, and I'd go camping with the girl guides. We had these quite old tents, and you were told if it was raining, never to touch the fabric because if you touch the fabric the rain leaked through but if you didn't touch the fabric it couldn't yes and i was thinking yeah. of it the same way that these lines are fine as long as they're not touching but the minute they touch they yeah they go transparent and yeah. that was the kind of analogy i was i was using um and it, i think it, also yeah consciousness as well i think you know when we look at what we are penny as well too i mean we we're, we're biological beings with a brain and I've always seen the brain as like a transmitter and receiver of consciousness mm. and I think that you know that this force this energy whatever this 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 um, phenomena is is able to personally interconnect with the, the conscious uh, links I call it or the you know it, think of all the signals to your mobile phone network systems the the mm. signals themselves are actually the phone the, the mechanism is just a translation device to, to decipher that information from its uh, highest state into a lower and that we can understand and translate. So I think it's possible that, you know, in timelines, all these converging of timelines, all these forces that come through actually do penetrate through to us individually. Yeah. And this is why sometimes we have these experiences of deja vu because yeah. momentarily another forces seem to have, or memory or whatever it is, is inter intercepting into our normal processing or flow of conscious awareness, disables us for a moment before we come back into our normal processing of reality so absolutely because everything is energy mm. everything is recorded everything we're sending out apparently our thoughts all our you know everything that we record i believe that when we pass over that is sent back to the the core essence of where we come from but like the signals to a mobile phone network system sure they can be intercepted and it could be possible that such energies do connect with ours or many peoples at one particular time that allows that reality to come straight into our reality and that would create some kind of opening like a portal so yeah, absolutely. it's really strange how they see they have poltergeist activity there that's being recorded mm -hmm. they see wolves oh massive yes. wolves one mm -hmm. of them that approached the family and looked friendly to a degree it came right up to the family before it started turning its attention to the the cattle that was the sherman that's right yeah. Yeah. They have balls of light that destroy dogs. They mm. kill dogs, these balls of light that actually destroy the, the, the owner's dogs. They kill them. Um, they have these creatures crawling out of these holes at night and heading towards them and bypassing them. They have all these men of bizarre things as if the entire thing is completely screwed up, mm. completely. And they're told not to dig as well because they're told not to dig. And they had to have um, uh, uh, someone to bless the ground before yep. they attempted to actually start digging and when they dug there was that kind of earthquake where the the, the, the telegraph, telegraph poles were shifting it's as if something is taking the mickey out you of said one it was like stephen king's it yes it's <laughs> as if they're taught it i think i said i had a theory on that i think the scientists there themselves are guinea pigs that's what they are this thing knows what they're doing. It's toying with them. Something is toying with them. And it's always to do with fear. They even saw a werewolf in a tree. The dogs, these things become corporeal. They become real mm. because yeah. even the dogs, the guard dogs that are chained in their pens can sense these things and they're yeah. terrified of them. Mm. So this is 
very fascinating. But I do think that the people, ironically, they're doing all these tests, sending little rockets up into the sky with balloons, which is fantastic. I mean, the scientists there are second to none. I applaud what they're doing. But I believe they are being poked themselves by some of the guinea pigs. And the more, the further they dig, the worse it's going to be for them because it's, it's like it enjoys kind of being elusive for scaring them. It's always fear, isn't it, Penny? Why werewolves? Why dogs with tails with their legs? Why uh, bulls being materialized? from Unless from... it is two separate things, unless it is just, it, it's some, it's, residue yeah some kind of residue that's well, an I was after thinking effect. It's something to do with the magnetic pull of that basin and it just makes me wonder the other basins that are like that that have been formed in the same way have they yes. got something going that's what if, if i was if i was brendan fugel and i don't think he'll be listening to this but if you are brendan you need to go to one of these other basins in another country and run some experiments there and see if you can see a cor correlation in what you're experiencing yes, absolutely yeah Brilliant i don't point, think honey. i don't think you'll find actual skinwalkers anywhere else the skinwalker was if it is there it's yeah. a native american manifestation but they have found and I can't think what they call it. They don't call them cave drawings with Native Americans, but they they did find a rock that had drawings, or it, it, I think they used charcoal or something to inscribe it. I can't remember how they created it. That look like some of the things they have seen manifest in the sky. Um, yeah, yeah. They've yes. had they've had lightning. I think it was Travis observed lightning on his security camera when he was home, and he switched the camera on to look and see what was happening outside. That's right. Home. Yeah, it didn't get. It, he got it on his. But it didn't get picked up on the myriad of other cameras that they've got installed around the site that yeah. basically guard it more than Fort Knox. Absolutely, it's, it's valid point. Like this, that sort of it's it's like well, that makes me think that yes, you're right about that. It's picking on certain people to sort of see what it can get away with. But I think they're two separate entities, and but I think it yeah. could be it's the energy that the place is creating, whether it's the magnetism, whether it's the fact that every time some entity opens that portal it pushes so much energy through that it gets because we, we all know we know that when you've done a paranormal investigation your equipment gets wiped doesn't it Your yes yes drained. yeah whatever that the, the amount of energy if i understand i can't explain it but reading these scientific articles on what energy would be needed to create a wormhole it's a lot it's more than mm. humans can manifest uh, yes. we, we don't know how to create it you can't do it yeah but if these aliens can create it that's a hell of a lot of energy for a spirit that needs energy to do something. Yes, absolutely. Yes, most definitely. Are they linked? I mean, is it is it that, that that's why it's all happening there? Because it is a portal, wormhole, whatever you want to call it. It and could be possible. Yeah, it could be possible that the force, if they are, if they are two separate entities or two separate situations entirely, it could be possible that the force itself, whatever's being used to create this opening portal or dimensional opening, is disrupting other energies within other spaces or times that seem to seep into our reality. Yeah. yeah. Like, like a, a like, like a, a portal. I've, yeah, I've always said that when a UFO so appears, where what we call a UFO penny appears mm. and normally before or afterwards there is a hell of a lot of paranormal activity that mm. that many people assume is associated with the encounter itself but you're you're absolutely correct it could be something entirely different and so like you know when you throw a 
a big stone into water, it Ripple creates all these ripples and yeah, and disruptions around it as that main force is doing its own thing, but it's created a lot of mess and residue around it. Mm. So, uh, yeah, you're absolutely correct. I I the other analogy I was thinking of was a watering hole in the wild. You don't just get one oh. of animal coming to a watering hole. They all need no, water. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yes, like these like need energy, yes. It's, it just seems to me that place just seems to be like gates of hell. Yeah, well, it's interesting, isn't it? Stephen King wrote not just it, but he also wrote the Tommy novels. And in that novel, there was an ancient um, alien de- uh, object under the ground. And one of the characters, I think it was Bobby Anderson, she started to dig the ground. And when she started digging the ground, it started to affect her and the people yes, around they, the community. they did research and, into trying to see yeah. if they could find something underneath it. Yeah. I gather they probably assumed it was some kind of ship or something, ancient burial yeah. uh, ground for a spaceship that had crashed there, something along those lines. But I, as to what they discovered, I don't know, because as I said, they're not allowed to dig. Because the way I was looking at it in Skinwalker Ranch, Penny, was that when they wanted to dig, I really thought that it was going to be like Stephen King's novel, novel The I Tommy Knockers. I was hoping, yeah. <laughs> I must admit, but I mean, you, you're mentioning a, a, the, one of the other reasons it makes me think they're two separate things, the Skinwalker and the, the, the alien side of things, for want of a better yeah. term, is that, you know, the Native Americans have believed in extraterrestrials their entire yes. existence. They've always believed in star people. And I don't know how true this is, because I say I only found it just before we came on air, but uh, the Cree actually believed their ancestors came from the stars and then became human. So... You know, yes. this is what makes me think they're two separate things, and they they've known about the the extraterrestrials there, but for some reason they're not communicating it. But it would also explain why there's such a high level of magnetism in a lot of the ground. If that asteroid had a high level when it hit, it created some kind of chemical reaction. I yes. Don't know. I yeah. but it's in and is it is it like the energy thing? I think Brandon Fugel needs to call me. I think, I, yeah, I think that's a good idea. I mean, what you suggested there about actually going to uh, analyze the other sites yeah. is excellent, excellent, Penny, because they might get some answers from it. Also, there was a huge, when you were talking about the crashes in America, there was one, is it uh, somewhere in Russia, the Tagunska explosion, a Siberian explosion that happened uh, at the turn of the century, I think it was it, and the explosion was so huge hmm. uh, that uh, people in London, our grandfather told us, this, we learned about it, he said that people in London could actually read their newspaper in the early hours of the morning from the aftermath of this glow of this thing that apparently or allegedly yeah. changed directions, this meteor that completely wiped out a good acreage of this uh, in Tagunska. Yeah. Um, Siberia and so even I mean I think they they've recently I think there was a trek made there but as to what you're suggesting now I don't think they would have checked for anything like that so your idea of actually checking these hot spots that have been struck by um, meteors or alleged meteors or craters to create some kind of magnetic connection or some kind of tunnel it's very interesting some kind of effect you see, we talk about it, we call it like a wormhole, but people get the idea it's like a tube, yeah. a bendy tube from one point to another. But, you know, uh, the scientists at uh, Skinwalker Ranch, I think that's, uh, you should go and work for them because I think if they had you, Penny, they'd get some <laughs> more answers because you're just black and white. You just say, well, well, have we checked this? Have we checked that, you know? <laughs> yeah, the thing is, I don't know how to check these things. I, I'm not the scientist. I think I, I'm one of those people like, well, I can come up ideas, but I'm relying yeah. on, on Dr. Travis to come up with the ways to actually look into yeah. them. Yeah, he's but, good, um, though. He's, he's good, though. He's marvellous. I, 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 I enjoy listening to his yeah, he's, he's a clever man. Stuff. 
um i do actually enjoy listening to them take the mickey out of him as well i think uh, that that he is actually he's the kind of phd i can actually cope cope with i must admit until i was about 30 i'd never met a phd in my life and when i did finally meet one he was actually the heat we went what did we end up having a discussion about was chaos theory would you believe and and i was quite pleased i was actually keeping up with him but i think it was more a case of me just putting things out there like i'm doing now and him coming up with the science side of it but anyway um yeah so but it, it's interesting though when you, you i mean have you seen the picture of um the oh, this is uh, i know what somebody's going to say they're going to parody lolo when i say this but the madonna with the with saint giovannino painting um have you seen that i'm, I'm sure i probably have at some point penny i think i have it's the infant jesus well it's uh, mary with the infant with jesus the... and st john and there is a there is a ufo in the sky. oh yes yes i know the one you mean yes that, yeah so I, that's I a 15th understand. century painting yeah and, and you know 15th century as well yeah, and I think, to be honest with you, with the phenomena at hand, I think, you know, with regards to our understanding of the uh, the ancient connections or the antediluvian connections, when we go into history, and I think that the problem is, Penny, is that a lot of what has been fed into the mainstream media and certainly programmed to the masses is that they've got this, you know, very simplified model of how it all works for us, mm. even creation. But we're beginning to find that even through the uh, advent of modern technology and, and also within subatomic research that we are far more than flesh and blood and we can only see a certain tiny percentage of the light spectrum yeah. and and that, this this also leads into elements of the universe that we're in you know there was this uh, thought that it was just all happened with the big bang and then and you know and everything's in in slow you know when a big bang occurs mass extends and of course it's supposed to slow down but they're finding out that dark energy and also dark matter it seems to be stretching and expanding and cosmology excuse me what's going on here so i think that you know our understanding of both space and time and what we are um, also has to be brought into question and i think that perhaps a lot of these scientists are hoping and you know praying that this phenomena will be able to give them some answers uh, you know with regards to that but so far it just seems quite chaotic or very disruptive in the extreme because we're, we're finding you know there's certain a pattern but a lot of irregularities it's almost as if the phenomena is quite you know all over the place we can't seem to catch it we can't seem to understand it for what it is and maybe it doesn't maybe we're too low down the chain for us to understand through translation what what it actually is or what we're really dealing with so it is a very highly complex and very difficult subject matter to tackle but you know what i think they need you penny out there in Skinwalker. <laughs> i think you need to phone them and you need to tell you know, maybe, maybe just, just maybe, just maybe the phenomenon knows we're not ready to really know yet. Because Perhaps. I have said this time when people, when my husband has said to me, do you think that, you know, the parliament get given UFO reports? And I went, oh, God, yeah. I said, but I guarantee only a few people get to see them, because can you imagine how the majority of the public would if they was if there was proof, if there was unequivocal proof of extraterrestrials? Can you imagine how a lot of people would react. Yeah, and the problem is they've been programmed and this is all to do with the system. And we can see this through the generalization of the release of the Pentagon report, which 
oh, it didn't really see that much of anything. Sham, but there is an admittance. And I think that the system we serve, or those in higher levels of power, I'm not talking about government because they're just mere puppets for the establishment, yeah. but I think that they feel that if the public was told the truth of what they know and what a lot of researchers speculate, uh -huh. it would, you're absolutely right, it would frighten a lot of people because yeah. they'll be saying, well, you know, we have no control over this force. It can come in and go out whenever it wants. Yep. The language, the communication, we can't seem to understand that level of integration between this force and, and ourselves. So that's going to scale a lot of but people. But I think Penny's right. With oh, yeah. regard, I never thought of that, two skinwalker, they're two separate things crashing. Mm. I think that's a very good point. That is a very good, that's a very yeah. valid point, actually. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll get, I'll, get, I'll get on the phone to Brandon when I'm finished with <laughs> you guys. Right. <laughs> that's been a good hour, but I always like to finish off with you being able to promote anything that you've got coming up that you want to talk about. Um, well, okay, Penny. Yeah, well, this is Philip, and I have got a, um, I've written quite a number of books, but one of them that came out in 2020 is called You, the Public Deceived, the Grand UFO Deception, published by Flying Disc Press through Philip Mantle, he's a British ufologist, mm -hmm. and also another book I wrote called Guardians of the Dead, which um, looks at consciousness and the afterlife, um, and I'm got a new one out now very quickly it's a republication of one that came out in 2013 called sky crash throughout time which is a further investigation of the Rendlesham UFO 1980 event that occurred before and after that military sighting here in England and I'm working on a new book I've almost finished it on UFOs which will be out next year and have you, got current, have you got a mediumship event coming up as well Phil um, yes, I have one coming up in, uh, so I think we're doing it in Marston Mortain. I did one just recently. So yeah, I, I do that as well. Um, very fascinated with spirit communication, not just the blase part of it, but the mm. nuts and bolts aspect of it and looking into consciousness. But yes, I'm, I'm doing that. Yeah. Awesome. Ronnie? Yeah, yeah um, I've got a book out at the moment, uh, published by Philip Mantle's lovely Flying Disc Press. It's called The Digital Demon, and this is what I go into um, about the aliens. I'm looking into what what are we dealing with? You know, what are, what are they? I'm not happy with uh, a lot of what I read about people saying they're from here and they're from there. I, I, I don't buy it, because we don't know. And at least we're like you, Penny, we're honest. We have got no idea what we're dealing with. And I state this again and again, until we have irrefutable proof, mm. we're, we're none the wiser. So The Digital Demon, that's based on my own uh, encounters. It's also autobiographical mm -hmm. because we go back to when I was at school and uh, I had a particular teacher who was uh, uh, very horrible. So we, I've made it interesting where it made it personal, but also looking into the alien aspect. I am working on a new book based on the supernatural, the aliens, we call them, um, uh, for Philip Mantle, which uh, is quite hard work because there's a lot of research. I'm going back into the historical accounts and questioning Ooh, them. You know? You're talking so, my yes. language there, Ron. Yeah, it's very, I tell you, I, I, I tell you, it's very, very difficult when you research because you've got to get it right, haven't you? You know, certain aspects of it and, and, and accounts have happened. It's quite hard. But once I've gone past the reiterating certain past encounters, I can then go in for the kill with my theories. Good. Good. Well, thank you so much for your time tonight, gents.
Oh, thank you very much, Penny, for having us yeah. on. It's a, it's a real honour to connect with you and talk to you. Oh. And you know, we have your your we we saw you do your talk. You're a brilliant researcher, yeah. and you know your your books are amazing. Yeah, so we thank you very much. You, you are a fantastic author and a super researcher. You are yeah. no flies on you, Penny. I tell you what, any <laughs> scientist, you'll be their dream. I tell you, you say, well, <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah. Thank you, one night there. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Um, everyone for listening to this show obviously it's been something that I don't think I've ever ever done a show on in the six years I've been doing haunted history so I always do like to push myself out of the comfort zone a bit that's, that's why I enjoy researching because tell me I don't know something and I damn well will learn about it um on that note I hope you've enjoyed this haunted histories episode um and um yeah thanks for listening and I'll see you all again soon Have a good evening, sleep tight, and don't worry too much about things that go bump in the night.